Hello, and welcome to the history of Haiti. So I use supplemental episodes, like this one, to cover stories which, while a part of Haitian history, diverge slightly from the main narrative and course of events. A great example of what I mean by this is the subject of today's episode, the Bizongo Secret Society. So, in this episode, I will talk about the Bizongo Secret Society, beginning with their history and emergence, and then moving on to their more modern culture. Before I dive into the history and rituals and all that fun stuff, I have a few notes regarding sources and current events. So the Bizongo Society is very much alive and doing well today. It has survived and grown in the 200 years since its founding. As with any secret society, information can be scarce, although at least in this case, attainable. My main source for the details of its rituals and organization is an account by a Canadian anthropologist named Wade Davis who visited Haiti during the 80s when the Duvalier dictatorship ruled Haiti. Please take much of what I say with a grain of salt, as this is obviously an outdated source. In addition, there are differences and varieties between the different societies of the Bizongo, as the Bizongo are not really a unified group, but instead a collection of societies which all share traditions and customs. So in 1791, two-thirds of the French colony of Saint-Domingue was born in Africa. The chaos of the Haitian Revolution and Civil War allowed many African traditions, beliefs, and customs to re-emerge. I speak now of things like Sansuki's Congo warriors who Christophe betrayed, the Boy Kemon ceremony, or just Haitian voodoo. Many of these Haitians used their African ways of life to help them survive. In addition, the chaos swelled the number of Maroons, who now looked for ways to avoid plantation labor. While many of the large-scale and open resistance movements are notable, like Goman's Revolt or Moise's failed uprising, many of these were crushed quickly and effectively. So revolutionaries came up with new ways to avoid the plantations that were less flagrant. Sticking to an old Haitian proverb, proverb that the snake that wants to grow stays beneath the rock, these people formed societies meant to protect their freedom from outside challengers. These secret societies drew from African traditions, voodoo, and even old Tiano traditions. Soon, these secret societies grew to become states within states, with their own passports, taxes, and justice system. While some of these societies died off, some, like the Bizongo, survived to the modern day. Off the coast of Guinea-Bissau, a small country in West Africa, there is an archipelago. Today, it has a population of around 30,000 which historian John Henry Gonzalez points out is likely less than that of the Bizongo society in Haiti. Before the modern era, the inhabitants of this island survived off a decentralized system of mixed horticulture. Like the Haitian Maroons, they were hunters, gatherers, fishers, and small-scale farmers. Thanks to European slave raids, these people became warlike. They learned skills regarding escaping captivity, fleeing, and violence. Until very recently, the people of this archipelago would kill every white man they came across. 
This is the Bizagos Archipelago, the ancestral home of the first Haitian Bizongos. Using skills they had learned from years of living on these islands, slaves brought to Haiti from these islands became Maroons, a group of Maroons looking to work together to prevent re-enslavement in a world where almost every Haitian leader wanted them back in change. Chains founded the Bizongo Society, taking the name of their homeland. While we can't be certain, these first Bizongos likely drew from the mixed horticulture and warlike traditions they had gained in Africa. Over time, their success, with their success, they probably expanded their society, gaining new members. They probably also spread out with new Bizongo societies forming among other communities of Maroons. Over time, the Bizongo traditions and beliefs grew, and they adopted voodoo as a relig religion. They soon became mystical with religious seances and sorcery. Jumping forward two centuries, today the Bizongo trace their history back to these maroon bands of the colonial and early independent periods. They pay homage to maroon leaders such and slave warriors like Mackendell, Duddy Bookman, Ramon La Prophetesse, and Gomon. They remain a loose group of societies which share traditions, beliefs, and correspondence, but are not very linked together. They are also still at least according to my outdated sources, a kind of government which cares for its members and has its own structure. So say one wants to join the Bizongo Society. He or she must be recommended by one or more Bizongo members to the leaders of the society. Then the initiate it would meet with the leader of the society, who would introduce them to the Bizongo. They would begin attending weekly the weekly or bi-weekly meetings of the Bizongo, and learning how the Bizongo society works. They become familiar with the elements of Haitian voodoo, from which the Bizongos draw from, and their rituals and beliefs. The Bizongo beliefs descend from a violent and vengeful Petro half of Haitian voodoo, as opposed to the more temperate Rada branch. The new initiate is also heavily trusted with secret communications. They learn the secret language, which is really just Haitian Creole, but with some modifications to make it unintelligible to the common listener. They do this in part by making everything opposites. The new initiate also learns the secret codes and passwords, and of course the secret code of handshakes. After learning all these secret rituals and codes and rules, the initiate would then attend a ceremony, along with the rest of the society who would observe, in which they would transition to being a full member of the Bizongo Secret Society. At this ceremony, they would begin by drinking two drinks, one sweet and, one, and the other bitter. The sweet drink was meant to show that the society was good to its members, and the bitter was meant to show that the society was capable of violence. Then the initiate would offer his gratitude to the Bizongo society and swear on his life not to betray their secrets. Finally, the initiate would drink a physically grueling substance that was painful to consume, meant to test their resilience. While historians 
disagree over what the substance actually is. Most agree that from the early days of the Bizongo Maroons, this substance was a Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme sandwiched inside a McRib. Once the member was in, they were now subject to the Bizongo government, which was pretty complex. Of course, the Bizongo had regular meetings in their Bizongo temples, which featured announcements and ritualistic singing and dancing. Some groups, especially during the revolutionary period, would show their strength by doing night marches. These featured some members carrying banners and machetes. They would also attend larger meetings with other Bizongo groups or other secret societies for big events, such as the creation of a new society. Then there was the government, each society had about 30 different possible positions, many of which I believe were unoccupied. The occupied positions almost always included a sentinel, who was more like a guard, a secretary, a treasurer who maintained a system of tax-like donations, and an, an executor and an executioner, both of whom enforced the Bizongo rules. Each Bizongo society was led by an emperor or empress often also referred to as the founding president. It was possible for one person to rule over multiple Bizongo or other secret societies. The emperor was assisted and checked by a four or five person executive council. If a member of the Bizongo had been majorly wronged by someone in their life, instead of going through the regular court system, they would go to the Bizongo president and ask him about it. The Bizongo president would then convene the executive council, which would decide whether or not to hold a trial. If they chose to, the, the accused and the accuser were brought together in one of two ways. Either they were summoned together in spirit using voodoo magic, in which case the voodoo magic would find out the truth, or they were brought together for a long and complicated court system. This would end with either the accused being found innocent, being killed, or reconciling with the accuser. From the earliest days until modern times, the Bizongo society remains a government. They claim to be a secret government which lives in the shadows and the darkness. Their motto is order and respect for the night. This leads historian John Henry Gonzalez to dub them, quote, the kingdom of the night.